Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Hey everyone, welcome to Let's Get Civical. This is the podcast that breaks down politics, government structure, and dives into the context of current events, but in a super fun way. I'm Lizzie Stewart, comedian, feminist, and political junkie. And I'm Arden Walentowski, former Senate intern, campaign staffer, and political strategist. In this episode, we're talking about Custer's Last Stand. So grab your cinnamon oil. And let's get civical. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Let's Get Civical. I'm Lizzie Stewart. And I'm Arden Walentowski. And I am just getting off of either allergies or some kind of sinus thing. And I sound super duper sexy with my raspy, rattly voice. (laughs) Hubba hubba. (laughs) I love it. Thank you. Thank you very much. We come to these recording sessions at our worst, and that's what makes them so special. That's what makes them so good. The times when we are in identical pajamas, the times when we have drinks in hand, the times when Mm -hmm. neither of us have showered. Yeah. It's really when we do our best work. We had talked about drinking while doing this episode, but I, I forgot. (laughs) <laughs> I, I too forgot until I said that. And then I think when we planned that, I was like, absolutely, because it'll be we'll record on a weekend and it'll be fun. And I'm like, I got I'm not opposed to drinking during the day. Yeah, it is a Monday. And I feel like it's I have a Monday. To go we do can't do it on a Monday. No. I'm drinking a seltzer. I'm drinking coffee. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> cheers. 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 Yeah. I mean, look. We've done some of our best work while intoxicated and recording, and we will once again do that. But I agree with you. It has to be a time and a place. And I think that I think that we don't need the alcohol to make this a super special episode. No, no. Because you know what? Custer stands on his own. He does stand on his own. He He does stand on his own. Stands on his own. And not at the Alamo. So for those of you who did not (laughs) have the pleasure of yet uh, listening to our Alamo episode, Arden made the common mistake of thinking that uh, General Custer's last stand had something to do with the Alamo, which we debunked immediately. Uh uh, Immediately. They are two separate historical events. Are they near the same time? They're near the same time. So at least I felt yeah. not 
I wasn't like completely off base. It wasn't like one was Revolutionary right. War and one was like Vietnam, but like, you know. Right. Um, so I felt a little bit better about that, but. Right. It's like that thing, just has anybody ever asked you the question, like, what's something that you've told people, like, with true certainty that you found out later was incorrect? Has anybody ever asked you that? Like, something that you believed for so long to be a truth, and then you, your world came crashing down? (laughs) No. No. I'll tell you mine. I'll tell you my most recent one, because I, I mean, I talk out of my asshole, all the time. I just say things. <laughs> oh my God. But the biggest, one of the biggest ones, and this was a multi year thought, was if you do you watch The Office? I, I've seen episodes. Yeah. Okay. So there's, there's a character on The Office named Creed, and he's this older man, kind of creepy, very funny. I used to tell people, because I, for some reason, thought this was true. That the the actor whose name is also Creed was the front man for the band Creed. <laughs> oh is, my god! Oh my god! So wildly incorrect. If you Google the band Creed and then you Google <laughs> <laughs> the actor Creed, oh my just, god. That's just no way. But I, I used to just tell people this is like a fun fact. And right, I was right, watching right. it with people, I'd be like, oh my gosh, did you guys know that this guy is the lead singer of the band Creed? Did you and you thought that was actually true? Totally accurate. Oh my god, that's amazing. I thought it was how did you come, true. How did you come to that? Somebody, I think somebody pushed back and was like, Really? He seems a little old. And I was like, no, no. And I Googled it. To prove that I was correct, only to quickly find out that I was wildly uh, misled. Uh, I let I misled myself, and I misled countless others in this <laughs> fact that was not true. Oh my god, <laughs> that is so funny! So, so I'll tell you mine. Mine is also related to a celebrity. So I don't remember, like, whenever Brittany Murphy died, and. Like, at mm. first, the, like, the thing was, like, she overdosed, and then there was this whole thing about the mold. Do you remember? Mm-hmm. And it was, like, the mold in the oh, house. I do. I know. I know. Got yeah. her, and then it got her husband, and I was, like, oh, my God, the yeah. mold. So, I don't know what we were watching, but one day, my ex and I were watching some movie, and I was, like, oh, my God, like, no, Brittany Murphy died of mold. And she straight looked at me in the face and was like, that is not true. And I was like, no, it's she died of mold, like in her house. Like, I swear. And we had this whole thing. And yeah. finally, she went on Wikipedia and was like, she was like, no, it's a conspiracy theory. Like, Wikipedia lists right. it as a conspiracy theory that she died as of conspiracy mold. Theory, yeah. And then uh, recently, of course, um, my girlfriend and I watched um, – the Brittany Murphy documentary on HBO Max. Yes, because I am familiar. Yes, of course. Required watching. To. So sad. Um, but I felt a little bit validated because, yeah, I was made to think that I was like a complete moron, and right. was not the case. It was something that was floated, and yep. the fact that they like both died of the same kind of thing was like weird. Right. Um, it's weird. It's weird. And that documentary like never 
it was one of the docu like often with those kinds of things you don't really get an answer it's kind of left open and like here's the information but i wanted like a <laughs> i wanted an answer yeah. i was like what happened to Brittany murphy it- yeah, it posed itself as, like, giving you the answer. Like, it was yes. going to be the documentary that, like, really shed a light on this very mysterious and tragic situation. And it really didn't. It just rehashed what – it basically right. told you what happened. Right. With no – nothing else. <laughs> no. No. Like, that was yeah. it. Not a, not a big fan of that documentary. No. But I, I agree. I think that's totally valid that you thought that because it was a legitimate thing that they were investigating. Right. Thank that you. That they ultimately ruled out, but they were investigating it. Right. Whereas the front man of Creed and the <laughs> actor Creed on The Office have at least a 40-year age difference. <laughs> and uh, there's just no way to connect the two. Oh, so- my God. I love that. I would love – oh, my God. I really hope that, like, you like you acquired – like, that information came to you through some other person who was, like – I don't know, like in sixth grade or something, you heard this and this was right. Like- I'm sure. <laughs> and I just started being a parrot Saying and like it. spewing yep. it out. I hope my biggest hope is that there's some there's somebody out there that I told this information that is telling other people this information <laughs> still like that. It lives on. That's what I hope. Oh That's what my I hope. God. But oh all my God. of that is to say that in our the reason why we're doing this episode which is a, a full episode on Custer's last stand is because in our Alamo episode which was two episodes ago I asked Arden what she knew about the Alamo and she said is it where Custer had his last stand and I lost my mind <laughs> lost my mind not related oh, to have... completely opposite ends of the nation yep. not related not related I have never felt like I have let anybody down more than when <laughs> I asked about Custer's last stand during our Alamo episode. It was it was shocking. It was so shocking. Sorry. So sorry. But to be fair to you, I know so little about Custer's last stand. Like fair don't I don't have anything to offer as far as information well, about this event. Here's the thing. This I wasn't saying is it it was Alamo also Custer because like I'm a huge fan of Custer and like know everything about his last stand. I know nothing. I knew nothing <laughs> about it. I was just <laughs> Is Custer his first name or his last name? It's his last name. I didn't even know oh, that. I didn't even know Custer. that. That makes sense. Yes. I didn't even know okay. that. <laughs> oh my god, it's the first bullet point. Sorry, I'm seeing the notes now. Okay, great. We're gonna find out his name. Let's find out his name. Let's jump in. <laughs> oh my god. Woo. Before we say something else that alienates our listeners even further from us. <laughs> so, so do you want to talk about today's sources before sure. we deep dive? So today's sources are history.com. Obviously. Obviously. The Library of Congress, the kids' version of the Library of Hell Congress. Yeah. Hell we are yeah. not above it. We welcome it. No. My God. We are. Obviously, we have not even like an elementary school <laughs> understanding of this event. So who are we to go to a bigger source? No, no, no. Who are we? This is exactly the source that we need. A kids' version of history. And also PBS. Love it. Love yes. it. Okay. All right, let's start off with what is the deal with Custer? Who's Custer? What's going on? Let's get the overview that um, 
you need and I desperately need so we can continue on to learn more. So these notes are coming from history.com. George Armstrong Custer, strong name, Mm -hmm. was a U.S. military officer and commander who rose to fame as a young officer during the American Civil War. Exciting. Uh Uh-huh. He gained further fame for his post-war exploits against Native Americans in the West. Custer's death at the Battle of Little Bighorn in 1876, now infamous as Custer's last stand, made him a martyr for American expansionism, although he has been harshly criticized for his actions and remains a controversial figure. Yeah, I mean, I'm just gonna gander that he didn't do things by the book that he was probably a little bit of an asshole. Uh, Yes, yes. And of course, during this time period, we're kicking everybody off of lands because we want them. So just in general, he's not on the side of where we would be today. Sure. Despite his unimpressive record, the U.S. Army desperately needed officers to serve in the newly begun Civil War. He was commissioned as a second lieutenant and based in Washington, D.C. I love this. So he was like below average. Yeah, he sucked. <laughs> he, he sucked. He sucked as at, at, at what? Holding a gun? At being in the army. He wasn't, wasn't a rock star. No. And the union was basically just like, oh, good gracious. Uh, this... <laughs> Didn't see this coming. We've got to get, we've got to get, okay, uh, uh, Robert, Brandon, George, Michael, let's go. (laughs) You're you're officers now. You're officers now. Get organized. Talk amongst yourselves. Figure out the plan. We got it. We got to go. Yeah. Yeah. He, uh, it's funny. Like, we'll talk about how he became famous, but you assume that at least if, like, there's a famous general or a famous Mm. military leader, they're famous because they won things or at least went down sure. fighting or sure. led, you know, huge battles. But he kind of sucked. And we'll find out later why and how he became famous. I love oh, it. Yeah. And I and yeah. I love when they are bad. I you know me. I know. I love bad military people. I love bad military strategy. Mm-hmm. It really makes me smile. So yes. lay it on me. Great. So let's talk about his time during the Civil War. In 1864, Custer fought alongside Major General General Philip Sheridan in the Shenandoah Valley campaign and appeared on the cover of Harper's Weekly. Okay, model. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, multi-hyphenate. General model. (laughs) General model. After being transferred to Petersburg. I know. After being transferred to Petersburg, he and his men took part in the Battle of Appomattox Courthouse that finally ended the war in the spring of April 1865. So he's, he's, you know, he's doing okay. Around. Yeah. He's he's around. I guess doing the job. Yes. It seems. Um, he led a daring cavalry raid in the war's final days, which covered in, which was covered in national newspapers and received his final promotion of the war to Major General of Volunteers. He was present at Lee's surrender, and Philip General Philip Sheridan later gifted the table the surrender had been signed on to Custer's wife, Libby, who will come back later. She plays a major role in why he's famous. 
in recognition of her husband's service in the war. I mean, shoot, you get the whole dang table? You get the, he, he got the table. She got the table. That's wild. Yeah. Despite serving from the war's earliest days to its end, Custer remained remarkably unscathed, which he and others chalked up to what he called Custer's luck. Custer's luck. Okay. Okay. Yeah. But also, I'm like, maybe he was just like hiding in places. You know what I mean? Like, is it luck or is it like? I mean, I don't know. Like, was he out? Was he out in like the front lines, just not getting shot? That's that's crazy. That's very exciting. Yes. Or was he just kind of a little bit further back? (laughs) Uh, At the end of the line. I don't know. Yeah. You don't. You tell me. You tell me. So we had the Civil War, and then, of course, later on, we have the Battle of Little Bighorn. There's time in between those two battles. So what does Custer get up to in between those two major events? So Custer served in the Southwest immediately after the war, where he clashed with his troops. Okay, great. (laughs) How are you not getting along? No. He briefly considered leaving the army to pursue business opportunities or run for political office (laughs) or become a model. But when a new 7th Cavalry Regiment was raised to pursue American aims in the West, Custer assumed commands as lieutenant colonel. So he's like, ugh, what's my next move? Like, do I start my own shoe line? Do I go into office? Oh, wait, I can go West and like be an asshole? Let's do it. Let's I do got it. it. I'll leave. Game on. Let's do it. Custer and his wife Libby arrived in Kansas in the fall of 1866, and Custer participated in a campaign against the Sioux and Cheyenne the, the following spring, which are Native American tribes. Mm-hmm. When a group of American soldiers were massacred by Native Americans, some of Custer's men accused him of abandoning his troops. Ooh! This resentment would later have a devastating consequence. I completely believe this happened. Yes. And and it kind of is playing into our theory of, like, how did he not get, like, shot or anything in battle during the Civil War? And then he arrives later and his troops already don't like him. I'm just, I feel like there is dissent against Custer. Yep. And it's not unfair. There's no way it's unfair. There's always a nugget of truth. Yeah. So you're telling me now that there's this rumor that he deserted his troops? Of course he deserted his troops. Shortly afterwards, he was court-martialed for leaving his command to visit Libby. Sentenced to one year's leave without pay, the Custers returned to Michigan. Like, he's not good. He's not good. He keeps keeps leaving, (laughs) which is truly... The job. The job. The job is to show up and stand and stay until you're told to leave. Until you're told to leave. This is probably what Custer's luck is. Custer's luck is bye-bye, bye-bye, bye-bye. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. But by the fall of 1868, Custer was back with Phil Sheridan having argued for his early return to fight in the Indian Wars. So now we have this new conflict going on. Phil Sheridan from the Civil War, who fought with him in the Civil War, was like, look, guys, he we did it. We slapped him on the wrist. Mm. He doesn't need... We can use him 
So let's just get get it going. His modeling career is not working out. He needs a job. It's not going to, I mean, yes, yes. Is he gorgeous? Yes. I wonder, is he gorgeous? Hold on. I, I want to look at a picture. Look at a picture. Part of me was like, I think she might find him attractive. Part of me is like, maybe not quite oh so much. Oh my God. D- you know, the facial hair is not helpful. No. I feel like without the Do facial you know I mean? hair, the mustache, it, he Wait, could be more attractive. of him. Oh. Did you see Younger Custer? No. Younger Custer is interesting. Okay, Younger Custer is hot. Yes. He he is more attractive in that picture. Yeah, I think the long the long hair and the mustache is just not I think if he got rid of the mustache, we would be having a different conversation. Right, 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 right. Yes. Okay. So like the modeling career could it could have happened if we had the right stylist, I think. Right. And by and by that it just means chop off the locks and yeah it's, even a it's simply like beard or a, a queer eye moment for like yep. and and then we're done yes but anyways he they decide the military decides no no let's put him back into his position let's get him out back onto the battlefield so in November of 1868 Custer led a raid on on a Cheyenne camp along the Washita River in what is now Oklahoma. There were disagreements over Custer's claim that he had killed a significant number of warriors, but it was the army's first significant victory in the region and brought Custer more fame. So he's... He's just a fucking he's liar. He's his numbers. Yeah. He's, yeah. Custer's a pathological liar, and I'm, yeah. I am obsessed that we have kept him in such high esteem as right. long as we have as a nation. This is I exactly like- who we would idolize. Yes. I am not one to be like, ha- like to paint with brushes and by any means, but like this is exactly the like to the paint shitty- with brushes. Is that a saying? <laughs> I, like a, or like paint like a, a wide like a section like of, broad like a, demogra- a broad strokes. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not one to use canvas and an easel, but. Like- <laughs> That was no. insane thing you've ever said. Oh, yeah. I'm not one to paint with brushes. I'm not one to draw with pencil. Like, let me tell you. Oh my god, that's so funny. Um, no, I am not one to paint with broad strokes about people, you yes. know, demographic groups of people. But this is exactly the kind of like the shitty white man. Sure. Like, gets elevated above everybody else, even though he is, in fact, a shitty-ass white man. Yeah. Yeah. Well, to be fair to the times, there were only white men being elevated, so... It's true. It's true. It's true. (laughs) It's not as though he was getting it over somebody else who wasn't a white male. He was just getting it over another white male. Right, but, like, why this dude? He's shit. Like, Phil Sheridan is probably a better guy than this dude. I think so. It's so weird. Who's to say? I, who's to say? We're going to take a quick break for a little word from our sponsors. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it. Or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I 
wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Continuing on, so in 1875, President Ulysses S. Grant ordered all Sioux tribes out of the Black Hills of South Dakota and Wyoming by the end of the following January. Isn't that nice of us? So nice. Well aware that they would be unable to make the trek during a harsh winter, the government planned to use this as an excuse to expand hostilities. So they're like, they basically say you have to... You have to do this in January, and we know you're not going to be able to do this in January. And so when you don't do it in January, because we know you can't, we're going to get mad and attack you. Yeah. I love hey, us. Thank we're you, so lovely. We're the best. Yep. These actions broke the terms of the 1868 Treaty of Fort Laramie, which had recognized the Black Hills as Sioux land. But in 1874, oh ho ho, Uh gold had been discovered in the region. Thanks to a mining expedition led by Custer. What is he doing mining? (laughs) This guy's all over the map. A multi-hyphenate. The original multi-hyphenate. Okay, so he's a a general, he's a model, and he's a miner. (laughs) He's a miner. So because this mining expedition discovered gold, the U.S. government wanted to permanently remove the Sioux tribes. Among those who resisted American aggression was Sitting Bull, a Hunkpapa Lakota chief and holy man, who I feel like Sitting Bull is a very... Yeah. Like, I feel like that's a well-known... name. Yeah. Yeah. So, great. (laughs) Great. We are shining stars in this period of time, and I love to see it. I love to see Um, it. We only That's what he got up to in between kind of being not a great general in the Civil War and not a great general in the Battle of Little Bighorn. That's what he was up to. And a failed modeling career. I mean, if that had taken off. a failed modeling career. Never took off. Never Never took took off. off. So we've come to Custer's last stand and also known as the Battle of Little Bighorn. These notes are coming from the Library of Congress, the kids edition. On the morning of June 25th, 1876, Lieutenant Colonel George A. Custer and the 7th Cavalry charged into battle against the Lakota Sioux and Northern Cheyenne Native Americans. Custer's orders were to wait for reinforcements at the mouth of the Little Bighorn River before attacking the Native Americans, but Chief Sitting Bull had been spotted nearby and Custer was impatient to attack. Let me at him. Let me at him. Let me at him. He does not take direction well. Probably why he was a failed model. A treaty had given the Sioux exclusive rights to the Black Hills, like Lizzie said, but gold was later discovered in the area and the white miners flocked to the territory. Custer's job was to force the Native Americans back to their reservations 
And some of the Native Americans refused to leave their sacred land because why would they? They've always they, lived there. Why would you That's leave their, your house? Why would you leave your house if somebody was like, get out of here? No. <laughs> I don't even no. own the apartment <laughs> I live in. I'd be like, fuck off. Sure. Other hunters were camped in remote places and never learned of the order. So they're like just full Native Americans who like had no idea what was going on. Right. U.S. Army prepared for battle anyway, because we did not care. We did not care. No. No, there's gold. Yeah, there's gold. We, We need the gold. So move your shit and fuck off. Custer planned to attack the Native American camp from three sides, but Chief Sitting Bull was ready for them. The first two groups, led by Captain Benteen and Major Reno, were immediately forced to retreat to one side of the river. Oh, gosh. Here's a parallel. If O'Cannon comes up in this. I'm going to lose my mind. I'm going to lose my ever-loving mind. Were immediately forced to retreat to one side of the river, where they continued to fight as best they could. Custer was not as lucky. Custer's troop charged the Native Americans from the north. Quickly encircled by their enemy, Custer and 265 of his soldiers were killed in less than an hour because he didn't wait because he's a moron. Because he's a moron. You know, a a parallel, to bring it back to the Alamo, the Battle of the Alamo only lasted 90 minutes. So, similar. Similar. And they were also encircled. They were also, yes. I mean, literally. Surrounded is what you're trying to say? That is exactly right. They were also... (laughs) They were also surrounded in a circle building. You're right. That's true. There's no building. At the last stand. Wait, the Alamo's not a circle. Is it not a circle? Why did I think it was a a... circle? I don't know. The whole the whole Alamo episode, I was envisioning envisioning a circle. Yeah. No, it's a a rectangle. You saw, did you see, I sent you pictures of me in front of the Alamo. Did it look like a circle? (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Oh my God. This would have been something if you, like, I would have been like, no, the Alamo's a circle. The Alamo's a circle, obviously. No. Oh my God. That's okay. They were surrounded though. (laughs) They were surrounded. They were encircled. Are you sure that, that... Custer was in a circular building <laughs> before we go any further. There's no, he's not in a building at all. There's no building, right? There's I was no like, building. isn't this outside? He's just outside. Okay. Okay. <laughs> oh You're just God. losing your ever loving mind. I'm okay. just losing my ever loving mind. Oh my God. That's why we do these things. We have to, we have to sort through what is truth and what is you just saying things. Just saying shit. Oh my God. So Custer and 265 of his soldiers were killed in under an hour. The Native Americans retreated two days later when the troops Custer had been ordered to wait for arrived. Like, this is stupid. Imagine bat- showing up and being like, what the flop? Wait, is it over? <laughs> Are we late or... What happened I here? thought it was today. Uh, right. I, I had it in my calendar as today. Today at <laughs> nine. Not. Okay. The Battle of Little Bighorn was a short-lived victory for the Native Americans. Federal troops soon poured into the Black Hills, 
And while many Native Americans surrendered, Sitting Bull escaped to Canada. Go off, Sitting Bull. I'm rooting for Sitting Bull. Yeah. He's like, fuck these 110%. Americans. I don't know who the fuck they think they are. I know, right? Yeah. This is the next part where we find out why he's so famous because he's such a shithead. And he's bad at his I, job. I'm really ready yeah. to find out why he's so famous. Because So now we know how he died. He died in this battle where right. that he wasn't supposed to have right. because he wouldn't just wait. Right. But yet, Custer's Last Stand, we all know what that is. That is part of American lore. It's a part of American history. So why is this so entrenched in our zeitgeist as Americans? Mm-hmm. So no sooner had the news of Custer's massacre reached the nation than the myth-making began, and it would be Libby Custer who would do more than anyone to shape her husband's legacy. Okay, go off, publicist. Mm -hmm. Let's spin this story. Spin it. In a series of best-selling books, The Faithful Widow extolled Custer's heroic virtues and dauntless courage. She kept it up until she died in 1933. This girl was putting out pro-Custer propaganda. Uh Uh-huh. Being like, this is what happened. This is what he did. Mm-hmm. He was amazing. He was amazing. He was my perfect. Husband. He was here's my husband. His, and I loved him. Here's his modeling portfolio. Yeah. Gorgeous. If he got rid of the mustache. Wouldn't you agree? Future decades would ceaselessly reinterpret the meaning of the Custer myth. Each generation seemingly adapting his story to suit the needs of their own time. So... Libby starts out and she puts out this kind of half-truth propaganda about Custer and what he did in his last stand. And people just, like, roll with it. And they reinvent it. And they basically create this story that really is... There's a nugget of truth surrounded by bullshit. Bullshit. (laughs) For Americans serving during World War II... Custer served to rally a nation engaged in a fight for its survival against totalitarianism. In the Vietnam era, Custer would be seen as a symbol of American arrogance and violent imperialism. Yes. I think that's true. I think that's That's accurate. Yes. But yeah, I mean, here's the thing, though. I will give a shout out and, and props and all of the, you know like respect in the world to Libby Custer because oh yeah she worked hard she worked hard she worked hard she, she was like you know what i'm going to respin this narrative and it's our fault for not fact checking <laughs> but i thought i thought he died cuz he was impatient no 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 uh, did he not didn't he desert his troops wasn't that same no Custer? no 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 you no it's so weird wrong. okay yeah. okay Shout out, shout out to Libby Custer, the actual hero of the story. Yeah. We could not end this episode without some fun facts about George Custer, because quite frankly, Ugh. his entire life is just fun fact after fun fact, except for the moments where his piss poor leadership led to the death of many other people. Yes. Bad. 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 So we're going to talk about some fun facts. These are coming from history.com. And I'm going to sing the song. The Go song for it. goes like this. Fun facts, fun facts, fun facts, fun facts, fun facts. I love when you do it. 
It's so exciting. We also do a little dance. You we can't see it, but we also kind of we shake our heads back and side forth. Side. <laughs> side so fun fact number one, four other members of the Custer family died at the Battle of Little Bighorn. Among the four. Shoot. Of, I know. Among the force of more than 200 men wiped out by the Lakota Sioux and Cheyenne Warriors on June 25, 1876, were Custer's 18-year-old nephew, Henry Reed, his brother-in-law, James Calhoun, and two younger brothers, Boston and Thomas, a Civil War veteran and two-time Medal of Honor recipient. That was Thomas. Like, why are we talking about Thomas? I don't know. Where's Thomas Custer in all this? He seems to be well-respected. Right. Medal of Honor. The dude has a Medal of Honor. Mm Mm-hmm. Next fun fact, his nickname was Audie. Audie. A-U-T-I-E. Mm-hmm. Audie. Custer's mispronunciation of his middle name when he first began to speak was adopted by his family as his nickname. <laughs> <laughs> You're so dumb. We're gonna make we're gonna call you this for the rest of your life. <laughs> I know. His first failure really stuck with him. The moniker stuck with him for his entire life and was used by his wife, Libby, as a term of endearment. Oh, I know. Audie. Next one fact. This is perhaps the best. No, Custer, my God. I know. Custer graduated last in his class at West Point. Last. He was bad. He was a sort of shit soldier. He was bad. He was so bad. Soldier. They knew when they trained him. This man is piss poor. He was a D minus soldier. Oh, man. Oh, man. Custer was known by his fellow cadets at the U.S. Military Academy as the daredevil of the class, who devoted more energy to pranks than to his academic studies. Oh, my God. He was a frat boy. He was a frat boy. Custard's record of demerits earned him extra guard duty on most Saturdays, but he did manage to graduate from West Point in 1861, albeit as the lowest-ranking cadet, now known as the GOAT. I mean, that's not surprising at all. No. Okay, next fun fact, and I'm delighted. Custer scented his hair with cinnamon oil. (laughs) Priorities priorities oh man the flamboyant custer paid great attention to his appearance he wore a black velvet uniform with coils of gold lace spurs on his boots a red scarf around his neck and a large broad-brimmed sombrero (laughs) custer took particular pride in his cascading golden locks which he perfumed with cinnamon oil I can't. He's a jackass. He's a jackass. He's an absolute <laughs> jackass. He's oh, like, man. I am a shit leader. I suck at everything I do, but God damn it, I look good. And I smell good. I look I look amazing. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Next fun fact. Custer was court-martialed not once, but twice. So we already talked about the first one. But the other instance in which he was court-martialed was prior to graduating from West Point, Custer was court-martialed for neglect of duty and failing to stop a fight between two cadets when he was an officer of the guard and received a light punishment. So that was kind of like slap on the wrist. He's a stupid kid in college and he doesn't do his simply only job and he gets court-martialed. But then, of course, more seriously... 
he got court-martialed for leaving his post to see his wife Libby and was suspended without pay for a year. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Go yeah, on, Chester, you're killing it, man. You're killing it. I know. He's like, I, nobody else has it as hard as I do. I am married. I need to go see my wife. I need to go see Libby. I go see I Libby. Her. She's my press person. Final fun fact. Custer was thought to have a charmed life. During the Civil War, the boy general seemed to have such a streak of good fortune, which included his avoidance of serious injury in spite of his daring command and having 11 horses shot out from under him. Okay, fair enough. But do we have the receipts? Because now I feel like, is that Libby talking or did that actually happen? Right. Uh, As we talked about before, this was referred to as Custer's Luck. The revival of his military career after his 1867 court-martial furthered the perception that Custer lived a charmed life. But... Obviously, his luck ran out at Little Bighorn. I actually don't blame his luck. I feel like his luck would have been there if he actually did the plan how it was supposed to be planned. I feel like his luck was like, what do you want me to do? This is bad military strategy. Like, not even I can get you out of this. You are surrounded and you don't have enough men. Right. I can't pull people from the sky. You're going to die, my dude. Right. Luckily so, gets you so that's far. That's on Custer for that one. Yeah. Well, because he started the fight two days before he was supposed to because he thought he could. Correct. Win or he was he felt threatened and challenged and clearly he has. No, he just wanted issues. to get in there. He wanted to. He saw he saw the leader and he was like, I want him. Let's do it now. Let's do, Let's it, now. do it now. Let's be bad. Put a cinnamon in his hair and was like, let's ride. Let's go. I'm ready to go. How <laughs> interesting. What a guy. Oh, my God. This truly was not what I was anticipating. Like, I know so, I knew so, so little about Custer going into this. I wasn't expecting sort of the most unlikable person that has ever graced our nation's no. uh, uh, history. He's a to poser. Be presented before me. He's a poser. Wow. Like, he's a poser that smells like cinnamon. He's a total poser. Yeah. Yeah, he's a cinnamon-smelling poser. Ugh. You guys. Wow. Who was not at the Alamo? And thank God, because those are actual... Those are real heroes. Right. Custer, he was just a moron. And I feel bad for everybody who was at the Battle of... What is it? Little Bighorn? The Battle yeah. of Little Bighorn, who was massacred... Right, because, because he was a stupid idiot. Making. Right. Yeah. Who graduated last this in guy, his class no. at military school. I know. Wild. Wild. But y'all, that is our episode on Custer's Last Stand. Wowzers. I'm thrilled by this episode. I'm glad Thank we you. did it. I'm glad we uh we paired it with our Alamo episode, I think. I mean, you know me. I love military. I love battles. We do some of our best work when talking about these types of things. Yep. So, as always, y'all, thank you so much for listening. If you like what you heard, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Let's Get Civical. As always, please rate, review, and subscribe to us. We love you so, so much, and we will see you next Wednesday. Goodbye.